0: Our special guest. Oh, that's cool. Below, Below the Belt Show, third time guest on BTV Actor, writer, director, extraordinary. He does it all now. Sam Medina back on BTB. What's up, Sam? What's up with you guys? Whose idea is this to stay up until almost 10 o'clock? <laughs> <laughs> we are night owls here on Below the Belt Show. Yo, I'm trying to stay up at 5 a.m. and work out, but. I'm here. Yeah, we, we 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 all have early days, but we appreciate it, Sam. I, I wanted to talk about this movie because it was, man, what a work of art, man! Congratulations, first of all. The film's on Tubi. It's called Twenty Two: The Unforgotten Soldier. You're the director, writer, producer, and the star in it. I'm always curious how difficult it is to do all those, wear all those hats in a single production because, you know, you're, you know. On camera, then you got to run around to video village and then you got to go back you know how does it work to be the star and director, at the same time.
1: I didn't have a budget of 200 million like Ben Affleck did for. Um, Batman. Right, but I understand why I almost made him quit everything I tell you man, it's the hardest thing that I could ever have done. And, uh, you know, I did it because they sh- they shut us down for COVID. We we packed our operation from when I first, when I talked with you guys last, we were in Las Vegas making things and making moves. And then when we had to move everything back here, it was very difficult, but, you know, we had, we didn't have a choice. Uh, it was an experience. It nearly killed me. I mean, if you look at one of the pictures that they post, my, my buddy's post, they made a They took a selfie with me when I was laying on on that stretcher. That's literally me every single day. Uh, You know, we didn't have a full crew. We had uh, four persons. That's all we had. The movie was four people. Okay. That's that's
2: a good film.
0: Watching it, I did not see a four-man crew. It looked like you had a full 30, 40-person crew based on the quality of the production.
1: Thank mm-hmm. you. man. You know, we we I had I've been blessed. Uh, I, I took every single lessons from every single directors. And I've been blessed to have a lot of legendary directors under my belt. And so I learned quite a bit what they do. Matter of fact, how I was doing it because I'm acting and directing. I got to make sure I hold the cat, hold the, the monitor to look at. I never went to video village. We didn't have video village. OK, ah. we had cameras. Uh, right. And so I would hold a little camera, a little monitor, and I look at the, the framing to make sure it's, you know, it's right. what I want. Mm-hmm. And then from that, I have to watch the actor and I have to make sure emotionally ready to feed the actor to make sure their performance does not, you know, lack because. Of yes, my right. And how I was able to do that was I normally get everybody's coverage first. And so that way I give them more opportunities to bring their goods and then after that it would just be me so i i was always the last one to do the takes and i didn't have time to learn the lines and that's how i learned the lines i mean uh, my wife who's the who plays the therapist in the in the movie she worked in the office
0: oh she did great too
1: (laughs) thanks yeah she worked in the office for like like 40 people you know and it, it took us two and a half years you know because i remember when i spoke to you guys i was flying back and forth And, you know, this was in post-production for for over a year. And then us talking to all these distributors, uh, they were just going to take your movie, man, and run. And that's one thing that you guys got to understand. If you guys do anything on your own, Mm -hmm. is that how we're doing it now? You don't want, you don't listen. You don't want to go to any sales agent. You don't want to go to a distributor. They're going to
2: take your movie. You know? Yeah, because you're going to get nothing from from when they do that. That's why you have to do everything yourself, and it's just a lot more work. Well, you know, it, it is, but the thing is that we're not
1: $50,000 in the hold, and we someone else yeah. jacked our movie for five, seven, and ten years. It was a lot of work, to be honest with you, because mm-hmm. right now what you see is, is this is our production studio. I built this studio uh, after Katrina. It's actually a recording studio. So I have all I my see. production equipment here. So if you look at here this is all my my production equipment. Wow. All my production equipment. Look at that. All my music equipment?
0: Holy smokes. Look at that. All
1: my music equipment? Oh,
0: that, is, that is a lot,
2: yeah.
1: This is the mic booth with the lighting and camera gear in the back. Nice. Wow. So we 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 are one stop shop. We do everything here man and and that's how you know, I, I preach that to, to independent guys, you know, because at the end of the day, you don't always have to studio money. And so you have to make something happen. You can't just sit and wait. And that's why, you know, with us, with this film, we couldn't wait because there was no crew. You couldn't leave the house. You couldn't do a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we said, well, we want to do something for our veterans. And we, we shot the film. At first, it was just um, really a camera test um our cinematographer bless his heart you know this film is dedicated to him because he passed away he he didn't get to see no. the film. uh he died of uh COVID pneumonia
0: oh man
1: yeah so 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 you know we, we we just started out as a camera test you know we raised some money and then we got lucky we had a, a private backer that came in you know to give us some help and that's how we make the film so i appreciate you guys look at the film and the quality of it no one would know that it's a four-man crew. Um, no oh, one yeah. would know, you know. Like I, we, you know, I
0: listen to Jacko Especially, Woodlake. especially those yeah, war a, scenes, the war, the yeah. battle war scenes. My God, that you're telling me all that with the guns and the grenades and all the explosions. So let,
1: me, let me tell you about the guns and the grenades, right? So our our producer in Las Vegas put this together. It was actually, uh, we shot everything at uh, battlef- uh, Las Vegas Battlefield, Battlefield Las Vegas, right? Because we didn't have any money to go to Morocco. We didn't have any money to go to Arizona, <laughs> and Albuquerque, you know, on a big studio lot.
3: Yeah, right.
1: So our contact found us Battlefield Las Vegas. And my buddy, who's also my assistant editor, my little brother, pretty much, he's the visual effects guy. So he removed all of the uh, electricity poles and wires so wow, cool. in Las Vegas. And w- I, I, I drove to Chicago because my other buddy owns a uh, post-production studio in Chicago at the time. And we did the color grading there. Uh, and so it, you know it, the, the film looks different even with after they did all that, right? A year and a half, I was still back here in this lab mixing Uh, 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 Changing some of the color grading, uh, you know, uh, to to improve everything. And of course, we did our own deliverables. Like you know, usually you ship the movie to someone, they're going to charge you twenty grand or whatever more to do deliverables.
3: Right, right? that's crazy.
0: That is amazing.
1: We did, yeah, we did all the deliverables here. I mean, it took us four months to get, you know, past QC for you guys to even see the film.
0: I mean, Uh, I was convinced you're in the Middle East. I mean, I saw sand. I saw Middle <laughs> Eastern actors, so I was convinced you're over there. That's all he takes is the right actors, the convincing.
1: So my wife cast those guys. Uh, one of my buddies, Zico. I said, look, after this, you're not gonna play a terrorist anymore. I, I, you know, I spoke <laughs> an how about being in the film. At the time, I just didn't have anybody. So my wife cast her friends out of California and they came in for these two days, and she actually was the costume designer she went on ebay and she bought all these costumes and she literally aged them she aged them in the backyard in the back patio um all the costume oh, and then i think that you you guys are one of the first uh, i just talked to uh montel williams today that's going to be going out but, Oh, dope. yeah you guys are gonna be the first one that find out like really the scoop was we took um two van, a two, 215-passenger two van from New Orleans, and we drove to Las Vegas at 38 hours.
2: Oh, wow. Get, Ooh, that's, a, that's a long trip. I mean.
1: We had to, we didn't, we, we, normally, we normally would go to Dallas, but I need to pick up uh, a two crew. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So we went through Houston and San, San Antonio. Then we drove up. We drove in 38 hours straight in. We slept that night. We filmed three days. All the battlefield, all the flashback scene you saw was only filmed in two and a half days. That's all I had. No way. That's all I had.
3: Wow. That's crazy. Then, that and was and then, impressive. And
1: then dude, on, the, on, the, on the last day, I was literally, you saw the scene when we we did the cookie stuff, right? Yeah. You know, I, I, my guys, mm-hmm. That's a real story. A lot of those stories, like one of the guys that are, I'll help with the guy that's on the 50 caliber machine gun because we trusted him. He's actually, he just came back from Iraq. Like two years ago, we trusted yeah. him with the 50 caliber. No one else. That story is that what happened to him and his friends in Iraq? And when he was telling me this, I said, like, "Yo, this yeah. is kind of dope. Like you guys are nuts." He said, "Dude, he said, dude, please put this in the film." So that was a scene of history. Well, I,
2: I'm friends with a lot of Army Rangers, and some of the stuff that happened over there cannot be released to the public. But it, it was crazy stuff that happened over there.
1: I mean, it's just so crazy. You just sit around and it just shit just go off, and guys yep. just like, grab a cookies and just like just mm-hmm. do shit. But then you know, I I, yep. I it, you know sometimes that can that can fuck with you in a sense where you really when you're yeah. not here, you always gonna think you at war, man. And I think that one of the reason why we did the film is because of that. And then you saw all the veterans that was in the uh, the therapy scene. Those are all real veterans. I mean.
0: Well, that's, yeah, that's I was curious great. about that scene because I was like, these stories seem so real. I don't, I'm not sure if they're actors, but you're saying they weren't actors. They're actual veterans telling their stories.
1: If they weren't actors. Um, at the time, this was very special because we wanted to do something for veterans by veterans. Yeah. And I said, you know, it's already enough. I couldn't trust anyone else to play the main character. Yeah. Right. But I don't want to get into these these veterans head. I want to cast veterans and let them tell their story. And So it's part documentary. So that's, always yes. good. that's what my wife said, my wife said it's kind of like a mixture I mean, of film and documentary.
2: Yeah. You know, I like, worked on a film nice. called Cherry, starring Tom Holland, and I donated all my money to Wounded Warrior Project to help the veterans, because I mean, it's about a veteran suffering from PTSD, because I've had people who committed suicide or f- had in for depression and all kinds of stuff, because people don't realize what a lot of the veterans went through in you the know? Gulf War and then you know, there's, there's, there's still going on.
1: The, the reason why I chose to make this film was my buddy Chuck. You know, he's my buddy uh, for the last 17 years. Matter of fact, I met Chuck on my first acting classes in 2005. Mm-hmm. That's how, and then every week, when I see him three times a week, he would tell me about all the, all the war stories in Vietnam. Right. and how he, he had, you know, uh, the, the survivor's guilt because most of his buddies got killed. And, and that's how I was always compelled to tell a story to tie it into what he went through. And oh. I'm telling you guys now, just as I will tell all the news station as we're starting to make our rounds, and I'm going to tell the Hollywood people, it's funny, but sad and ironic that it took a kid like me that came from Vietnam to make a film to honor the Vietnam vets
0: whoa yo that's yeah. that's deep
1: because because a lot of them when they do it you know like they did the in the five bloods and they do those things it's fine but right they really never yeah. sit down and talk to these veterans and and these veterans never had these things where it says you know what my brother welcome home even the vietnam war vets those was all their shit man like th- this is right. you, know, I, you know i gave them some sides They just couldn't deal with it. We say, you know, man, we're just going to let the camera roll. You tell me what you would need to tell me so I would not go do the deed. And, you know, that's that's what happened with those guys.
3: Yeah.
0: So, Sam, the title of the film, 22, The Unforgotten Soldier, the number 22 is a big significance because there's, on average, 22 suicides a day from veterans um, from PTSD. That's an accurate uh, statistic, correct?
1: Actually is is a it's slightly higher now because they they locked all of them down after you know when they did the COVID and none of the veterans can go and get their treatment and so they were locked down in their house. Oh, so what I was told yeah, uh, Williams today that the numbers have climbed a lot higher because oh, God. none of the none of their help was accessible to them. And and we're doing this for this round, but then we're, we're gonna do like you, right? We're gonna donate money and time and I want to create. Well, I want to create TV series to where yeah. veterans come to work. Uh, unfortunately, usually when you you guys go on, on 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 show, usually it's just one veteran that get to work. Yeah, and you're right. Those get to sent home, you know. And so we want we want to include them not just in front of the camera, but we want to. Teach
2: well, the thing them. is too, too. If you work with the veterans, I mean, I work with them all the time, and uh, like you learn stuff too. Like you do learn more weapons handling. The, the problem way of handling weapons that you normally wouldn't be handling and they, they have so much stories and so much depth to teach you about things well you know
1: i was blessed when when you guys saw mile 22 we went to train with some really special op guys and they were nuts man uh for mile 22 they definitely yes but i've always been a, a gun enthusiast you know coming from where i came from we we weren't allowed to have any kind of weapons to defend ourselves. You know, pretty much the mm-hmm. communists come in, they just take your shit and they'll be like, yo, what yeah, right? are you gonna do about it? Right. So we I really value that 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 right that we have here, man, because a lot of people here do not know what it's like when people right. just come to you and you know, they they it's an eye for an eye, man. There's no there's, right. there's no yeah. process. There's no due process. If they feel that like you're guilty, they take you outside, they shoot you, and that's a, that's a wrap. You know, and oh, so dude. and so to come here to get to do what we do, even just sitting here now, we're, we're, we're shooting the shit. We're able to have yeah, the right. to shoot the shit. You know, from all parts of the country or the world. I mean, holy shit! You know what I mean? Look what yeah. we can do.
0: <laughs> it's amazing. You I want v- to
1: in I wanna Vietnam, go back to. I want to go back to have that in Vietnam. We didn't have that. We didn't have TV.
2: There you go. I didn't have a bathroom, bro. There was no oh, bathroom. there was no hot. Water. Yeah, my dad was over there as an MP, and he said he told me like he said like there were stories where like he 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 used to like get candy and just hand it out to kids because the kids didn't have much over there. So the scene, the scene where I handed out the
1: Snickers to the kids, that's another scene that the guy Bradley, uh, who was on the, the the fifty caliber machine gun, that's what he did with the kids, and he told me oh, that's very really cool. Please, please put this in the film. I I feel like this, you know, because the kids, and that's why we did the film. The women I feel like did. Christmas. And 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 you know, because because I feel like all women are children. Uh, most of them are yep. just casualty of wars. And you guys gotta understand, I'm old enough to where you know when the Vietnam War was over with, I was one of those little kids.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know yeah, what I mean? I so right I did not understand how how that feel. And I think that that's why we made a film. Uh, like this, you know, because yeah. a lot of my buddies in, in Hollywood, they wanted to change everything. They want to change all the actors.
2: what well, they want to make. See, the thing is, they don't want the reality. They want it to be like more cinematic, and you can't do that with like actual war stories. Or you need to keep everything real. You know what I mean? It and, adds more to. It. Now and you mentioned Charles
0: you. Rooney. Charles Rooney, who was played Chuck, he's an actual veteran and a, a good friend of yours, right? Yeah, he's a
1: Vietnam War vet. He the stories, everything he told you. In, to me, in the story, to keep this yeah. alive, that's all what happened to him in Vietnam. Wow. That, that, you know, he's he's 6'3", and he's one of those tunnel rats with the 1911 gun in Vietnam, bro. Wow. Oh, dude.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's crazy. It, it, it,
1: his story was so compelling to me, man, that it was just like, okay, how do I want to, I want to leave, I want to leave him to leave something in a legacy to his grandchildren, great grandchildren, great, great grandchildren. And it took a whole army with everybody coming together to be able to make it to where they can see his story. And even a lot of his friends like, wow, man, we didn't know you feel that way. And a lot of the friends, the colleagues of the veterans that are in the therapy session, they were like, man, I didn't know you were thinking about those kind of shit at night. So I think that it gave the, the audience a different view of what it's like yeah. even sometimes some of them they look like they're okay on the outside yeah and on the inside say like, yo whoa
2: you know oh yeah well you brought a thing is like if you do you actually hang out with like uh, veterans during like the fourth of july it's some of them can't handle it because the just
0: explosions you have to people don't realize that that really affected a lot of people and you, you dealt with that with the banging on the window at the diner Oh, and, mm-hmm. and that's why
1: I put it those kind of things like that, yeah. because I feel that you know a lot of time they just don't know and and things can happen with even with firecracker and things like that. and and you know we 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 did that in that sense where they wanted to glorify things, right? And yeah. for me, being around all those guys, i I felt and I saw, and my intuition was saying, you know, when I walk away from this, I walk away from it, Yes, what a heartfelt thing with strong emotion, but I walk away. They don't. The moment the film is over, they go right back into facing what they face and yeah. when they go back home. Yeah. You know? And that's why we made the film the way, the way we did it, man. You, were, you know, collectively. Yeah. Quite a few of those things, right? It, my buddy Chuck would go in and say, like, like when, when the, 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 the thing that got me chill was we were filming the first scene. The opening scene was very heavy. I wanted the film to where when people saw the first scene, they're gonna be like, "Yo, what am I signing up for?" Because I feel like yeah. you know, there's no easing, easing into it, right? I wanted to make sure like oh, you gotta yeah. understand this is a very strong subject matter, and you're gonna go through this. But you know when we did the reshoot to where I wanted to get different coverage. Chuck Chuck was the one who told me, "Hey brother, you know at the end." Can I just tell you when you asked me was it easy to come back? And I can just tell you, no, it was never easy. But we are Marines, and I cut to the title. That was him.
3: Oh, that was that it. Was, hey, that is cool. You know,
1: what a lot of those things, the guys, the guys pitch in, man. Like at the end, right when he says, you know, um, you know, Sergeant, you know, Daniel Hernandez, simplified Marine. That's him, dude. That's it. he's like, hey, brother Sam, can can I do this? I say, bro, so- do your thing. I just so,
2: step
1: and I let the veterans do what they do. Yeah.
2: So, well, so, and then the other thing is being down too. A lot of these guys were treated really rough when they came back too. So that didn't help matters either, because people were like, "Oh, you're it's your fault that you innocent kids got killed." But hey, these a lot of those guys got drafted, so they didn't have a choice. But when they you know, came they, home, people spit they, on them they, and they, treated they, them they like crap.
1: They didn't get like any welcome at home, and that's why um the other veteran with the vietnam war veteran vietnam yeah. War when he says you know welcome back brothers he was very emotional because i feel that that's what happened with these guys and the other guy erwin the guy with the missing hand yeah that guy actually was the guy who saved chuck that guy was actually the guy who told chuck to go seek help oh, man. wow you know when chuck called chuck told me hey man you know you got some spot for the vietnam war vets can you cast them i said chuck I don't know Vietnam War vets. You do. What mm-hmm. do you do? So he said, look, I got two friends. Here's the guy that saved me. Let's put him in the film. And so me, man, I, I just kind of w- feel really blessed that I kind of sat back and just be manning up, be big enough and have enough people mm-hmm. making decisions where, yes, let the veterans do what they do. Wow. And yep. then we edit the rest of it. You, know you edited
0: saying? it in a great way. But I want to talk Very about great. how you were able to portray The injury sustained by Daniel Hernandez, uh, who was severely injured at war, lost the ability to walk, was wheelchair bound. And Sam, you did a tremendous job portraying um, Daniel in the wheelchair and his eventual, you know, recovery, which I guess we shouldn't go too much into because that might be going to the spoiler territory. But uh, tell us about how did you study anything in particular to 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 learn how to convincingly uh, portray um, a handicapped person or a, ha- a person that uh, was paralyzed from the waist down?
1: Yeah, I was. I, I study quite a bit. Matter of fact, now, you know, ever since we spoke last, I studied six to eight hours a day on YouTube how to make films, how to light, how to cinematography. Oh, so wow. Research. When it came to the physicality of it, when yeah. it came to the emotional state of mind, I tell you guys the truth is that you can't you can't get into a space of a veteran if you ain't going through your own shit. you're just gonna be pretending and at the time, and every day from this from these days forth from the last five, six years, I was able to get into that headspace because i was go I was going through things about my mother laying on that deathbed oh, so man. so. Some of the conversation that you heard with me and Chuck in that church, me and Chuck stopped being friends for those years because he was praying for my mom and it never worked. And, and, mm. and, and, and my mom passed away in 2019. And, you know, those depressions, those uh, very dark moments of my life since 2016, I brought that into that, that headspace because I felt that, you know, you can't just pretend to be depressed. You can't pretend yeah. to be suicidal you got to really either go really deep and dark or you don't go at all. And because I already had these feelings and these darkness that was already bestowed over me already. And that really I went in, you know, realistically, you know, people people get upset at people who do method acting. Is that method acting? Everybody have a method. It doesn't matter what method. I don't have to be an asshole to you just because I'm a method actor. I think some people are method after <laughs> they just want to make that a big asshole to you. Right. But you know, you guys have talked to me like if I was a regular Joe Blow, I don't care because when I talk to you guys, it's just regular dudes just talking shit.
2: Well, well, well that's how I feel too. I mean, like, but sometimes you get on sets and you have these guys who are just pre Madonna's and you just just zone them out because they well, just yeah, just
1: like, I get it because a lot of times here's here's the thing that I learned because I kind of you know straddle both sides of the fence. Right. Some normal people, when you are too nice to them, they feel like you're just regular. And so they take advantage of you. They say, oh, you know, yeah. this is regular. So they walk over you. So then therefore, some actors, when they become a big hit, they they turn around, they act, behave a certain way. But what they forget is you can act that way. You can act ugly towards yeah. the people that was ugly to you. But you don't have to be ugly to the new people that you met because they, have, right. they haven't done you anything wrong, you know? But I understand that and method acting is like, I saw like Brian Cox knocking that guy for, 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 you know, uh, method acting, but I'm like, yo, you're Brian Cox. You've been doing this for four decades. Yeah. You, don't you, don't need,
2: need, you don't need that anymore.
1: You don't need, to, you, you, you just wake up and you Brian Cox, so <laughs> <don't>
3: kid <look laughs> that's yeah, 20 years
1: older than you, man. That's 20 years younger than you, you know, like he's still learning, you know, Brian Cox is, you know, the man. I mean, he's you know one of the pioneers that we love. So I feel like, un- unless you act really out of character, whatever whatever method that you use to to be uh, become a character, that's your own choice of creativity. That's and that to me, each one of us brings a certain element to anything that we play because of our yeah. life experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, and, but yeah. that's you know when you ask me about that, the physicality is something I learned but the mental and emotional state of mind was something that I was going through and I will always go through that every single day, man, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I have that guilt, you know, and that guilt never go away. And yeah. that's what I use for the film. And that, that's a good and and, and and that, you know, when I was writing the script, I was listening to Jocko Willink every single day for four to five hours at a time. And I chased him for a year, and his wife and him oh, yeah. finally gave us the okay to use Jocko Willing's voice, dude. You know how happy I was. Wow. I was like, yo, it's fucking Jocko, man. Like, you know, <laughs> if you listened to his voice, it's like, oh shit. Like, you would go to war. Oh, you would die with this guy, like, no matter what. And so I, I, I thought that was so important because I was listening to him, and he really helped me. To get in a good headspace to to make sure I'm okay as well, man. Because mm. I listen to him not just for the yeah. film, but just for life, uh, and, and that's that's what I did. So when you ask about that, it's just because I was going through a lot of deep and dark shit, man. I mean, I still maintain and manage it now, but it was because of that. So when you saw me with the guns, you know, on uh, by my temple, and you see the tears, it wasn't fake. It, it, it,
3: you I mean, guys would know if I, I was
4: legit. Fake. Yep. that's that's the you know the the big they say the camera is the biggest lie detector you know you if 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 the moment's not real the camera's gonna see it because it's it's right here and and so you have to you have to make those true moments and and you know and you know you had your stuff that you had to pull on and then you 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 kind of stacked the deck you had all these people who had the actual real moments to pull on so so you kind of had this uh I mean, they just had all this wealth of of real moments that they that they could bring bring that truth to your movie.
1: Yeah, that, yeah, man. I, I have, have so many people to be thankful. Everybody, including you guys, who's helping us promote. Yeah. That's why when I post it's like I say, it takes a, a battalion, it takes an army, because once again, we did this with no studio help. We did this with no. You know, we didn't have a hundred mm-hmm. crew sitting around, right? So, when
2: I see, you know, I think that's I think, think you get more, uh, a better film by doing it that way because then you can have be more involved and you can get a better performance. Less Cooks everybody. in
0: the kitchen. Um, yes, you know. but I, I'm gonna
1: tell you, bro, I lost 25 pounds, I never was able to gain it back. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was lovely, but it was, it will never be something that I'll do again right now. We're, we're, we're making the, the film for my wife, the action thriller, because. When we decided to do 22, we pushed her career back three years. Oh, uh, geez! I have four feature film scripts written for her, but we oh, couldn't man. go outside the film, so we did 22. But, but oh, you man. know what? You know, here's 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 what what I did for the last ten and twelve years. A lot of people, you know, I used to produce music, so I was already, you know, I used to drive. Oh, yeah. to the 80s. Well, I used to sing too. I
2: mean, I'm I'm from that 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 type of business too. Right.
1: And so now it's like for the last 10 years, what I did was I purchased a lot of film equipment and lighting equipment. And if you if you know how to build stuff, you know how to do stuff, brother. All you need is a little decent little camera and you get together with your friends and you can shoot stuff. Yeah. Right. So here's the thing. Most of the friends in the movie, Chuck, you know, Mary um, is, is a lady that I I directed a TV series for Pure Flix. And I cast my friends, all the guys played Marines that my buddies. So I had this all this wealth of actors that were, you know, that were available so we could yeah. do the film. And, and so when we got to Las Vegas, the reason why you, you guys saw that was the, the film crew, the camera crew was four people. We lucky we got help because logistically we can't touch the guns unless somebody else watch it. So the right. battle for yeah. Las Vegas people, they were all veterans. Everybody oh, at, that's at good. Las Vegas was veterans and they were laughing at Bradley because we made Bradley play a Marine, but he's really in, in the army. So he was getting his balls busted <laughs> the whole time. Oh, you're Marine boy. Oh, army. yeah.
2: The Marine, Marine and Army don't get along. Same with Navy. It could be worse. It could be Navy. They hate Navy even worse.
1: But the funny thing is my buddy who's who's like wheeling me in to get my medical, yeah. he's actually he's actually in the Navy. He's he's David Fulton, and he did a lot of oh. my Consultant David, and also my buddy Monty. Monty uh, is actually he teaches in in um Reno, Nevada, and also in San Francisco. He's a original cool. guys from the from the from the Marine from the Morsa. Oh so Yeah, you know, we had some really really deep guys in there, and all those guys were well, you know, loving man, and that's how we're able to pull this off. Cause like we started pitching the the film to some studios mm-hmm. now. To get funding for future films and they were very shocked they said how can you do this i said well you know when you when your back is against the wall you kind of come out swinging really and right. we did everything we could and you know we didn't have like ten
2: thousand dollars to send the whole film yeah. to a well, well see see i'm <laughs> in the same boat like i mean when my show got canceled everybody wants to still do something and it's like a lot of them were, were just normal background people, and they just never did anything before. And I'm trying to get it back together, but it's like just yeah. not easy.
1: Well, you know what it is, man. It it is never easy. So what it is is that I guess you got to have a handful of people around you that really, really
2: strive. Yeah, for they're it. they're loyal and they're and we they're they're dedicated to it and they're willing to work and yeah, given what they can.
1: You know, it's, it's hard because I think like a lot of a lot of. The thing about us when we pursue dreams is that a lot of times life do get in the way and life tests you to see yep. whether you want it And and I feel that um I just gave myself um like a like a no win situation, like I, I do or die, in the sense that I, I became so obsessed with this because I know I don't ever want to go back to construction
2: because that's what I did back. There you in go. Well, I did that too. I did bricklaying when I could, when I was like fourteen years old oh, and yeah. then
3: I, but I, you, around when I, was 18. I
2: I wish I wish, oh, I, person, I wish I had a person I wish I had a person can build shit for me. I don't. <laughs> yeah. See I, I could but I'm too far away, so
0: Yeah. I wanna ask a question, Paul, if that's okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, how did you get the film on Tubi? Because this is a great platform. It's a free platform for for folks which i think is great and you can see the 22 for unforgotten soldier on 2B tv
1: so here's the new deal that a lot of a lot of um people may not know we did a year and a half research and through every sales agent we talked to even lionsgate grindstone vertical entertainment they're like oh we see you guys have talent in front of the camera behind the camera but we're not into the war movie right now why don't you make an action film and come back to us so that's why we own an action film because they didn't want the war film. But we realized that the film was going to be hijacked and we'll never see anything of it. So way back in the days when I used to do music, we literally would have to take the CD and the cassette to go do consignment at um, Virgin Records, Tower Records, single-handedly. So now I don't know how, how many years ago until now when iTunes c- came out, And when Spotify came out, an an artist can sell their songs on there, right? Then you didn't have to do consignment. You could become a big star. You don't really need a record label because the problem is you need the distribution channel, which is the big, big money-making machine. So four years ago, no, now it's five years ago, there's a company called FilmHub, okay? FilmHub came out and they are the middleman. So what we did was we pitched to them this this uh, the the title and it took two months to, to to clear the the quality control and you saw the quality we have and it still yeah. took two months right oh, and then now we first it went on Amazon eventually we're trying to get them to do Amazon as part of the subscription package and not the T Uh and so mm-hmm. and then you know what happened was even at the time right we made the film we pitched to everybody. And it was on Amazon, so it was just like, okay, well, what's next? And so when when we cleared QC, Amazon picked it up the next day. And then I'm on LinkedIn trying to network. You don't understand how many CEOs, content acquisition people I email, text, comment, you name it. So happened I came across the CEO of Tubi.
0: Nice.
1: And we connected and I say, look, man, we have a project that we need your help. We've done the creative part. We need a platform to showcase to to the U.S. what these soldiers and what these veterans go through. Because you know, at the time, uh, three of those the veterans actually they weren't even veterans yet; they were still active. Oh wow! Um, oh, man! They, they were still active. So so, and then I explained to them, and then he sent me to their partnership, you know, uh, channel. And that's how the film, two days later, the film got picked up by Tubi. And I wow. ex- I expressed it to, to the CEO and their partnership program. Look, we can make your content for a fraction of the price. Give us an opportunity to make some content for you as Tubi originals. So these are the pictures, because here's the thing. Most of those people, it would take them 7 to $15 million to make a war film like that.
3: That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy.
1: And we made it for one hundredth of that. Okay,
0: one hundred. Wow. We made yeah.
1: it. We made it where they don't even get first money in to just start production, and we made it for lower than that. Wow. And, and then, like I said, I didn't have you know ten thousand dollars to send the movie to the trailer house, so I yeah. I, did, I did reverse engineering, so I made the trailer. Yes. I have to make the trailer. Well, that's
0: my
2: way to do it. Yeah.
1: Yes. And, and 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 then you know at some point some people was like hey you know um you know the trailer really dark because you look like you're gonna commit suicide at the end. I said that's the point. I want you to look <laughs> at the trailer and really see the film to see if I'm gonna pull the trigger. Yes. I yeah. want to hook you into where it's like you know even my wife was like oh you know why why did you cut it off uh, you know before we realized I said I want you guys to understand and go. <gasps> Wait, I want to see if he does it. And 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 that's all done because yes. we didn't have the budget. We went and like like you know, the one sheet the for press tour right now that you guys gonna see. We didn't have another two, three, four thousand dollars people to write it. So I wrote it. You know, yeah. my wife, she handles every single operation, uh uh, you know, from day one, man, before I even yell action. So collectively as as a group. Um, you know, we did this, but by no mean, by the end of this year, we're going to go get budgets and there are going to be more people that come involved that can take some of that pressure off us because it was it was, it's, it, it has been extremely hard the last two and a half years guys, don't get me wrong, we love what we do but man, I tell you, we would love some help if we had some people more
2: around here that we well, I, I think once people see it, I mean I think it'll pay off in the long run. So.
0: It was fantastic and we know you got an early day on set, Sam, so we didn't want to uh, hold you up too too much longer, but please check it out on 2BTV.com, 22 The Unforgotten Soldier. Uh, Sam, uh, we loved having you to talk about Venom of Mile 22 a couple years ago and Alita Battle Angel. Now we're talking about this great film where you're actually did the you? main creator, which is great. Did you Did you guys watch Reminiscence? We didn't talk you weren't on you weren't on below the belt show to talk reminiscence. No, that's because
1: right. my was like all over the place just trying to get shit done. <laughs> that's but right. My, I, I got to spend I got to spend about off and on three and a half months with Hugh Jackman. do it was so great. Dude. Oh, that's what, like,
0: what a role. And,
1: you know, I love his work, you know, like Sandy Wayne Newton, uh, uh, Rebecca Ferguson from from the Mission Impossible. Yes. I mean, you name it man. Yeah. it was it was amazing, man. Cliff but I, Curtis, I, I, yeah, Daniel yeah, Wu, I yeah. all of them. you know, I learned a lot from all of them to do what we do. And like I said, we'll we eventually, eventually, when when we break out to where we don't just work here in the south, man. We love to link up with you guys, you know. Because I'm I'm available. I'm, a firm sure.
0: I'm of, available to audition.
1: <laughs> I, so I'm, a believer, I'm a firm believer of dealing and having my dealing and working with people that that from the ground up, you know, the 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 the, the smaller
2: guys. I don't, I don't, yeah, well, I, I think eventually Hollywood's going to be dead and then we're going to need other areas to film. You know what I mean? Cause it's just some of the stuff they're doing in Hollywood right now. Cause I think they're turning a lot of people off and we need new independent films and we need new locations to start stuff up.
1: Well, you know, what we do is like this, right? We, 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 we need their big machine in a certain sense, but then what we do, we turn around, we hire our own people and we have yeah, a that's, unit, you know, that, that way, that way. You can, you can reach back and grab your buddies and grab your associates yep. that you like to work with and go from there. So it's like, I, I don't necessarily just all of a sudden just like take off and be like, okay, well, you know, yep. guys, I mean, I'm in LA now. No, I want to work with guys that I start out with. I want to work with guys that, hey. So that's guys, the best you, way to do it. Cause... Yeah, you, you guys were the first one to interview me. And, you know, for Thank me- so I, much, Sam. Yeah, this is great. I, I like having dealings and working with guys that sometimes don't always get a chance in the Hollywood yep. world. And that's why you look, yeah, at look like,
2: around here. I mean, there's a lot of hungry actors that just don't get that chance. You, I mean, where are you, where are you guys? Um, so I'm, 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 I'm near Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. I'm in Hanover, Pennsylvania, kind of where else potato chips is from and Snyder's. Um, and uh, the the rest of everybody else should be in the DMV, right? I mean, DC, Maryland, Maryland Virginia area. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. The the, the mm-hmm. Maryland, DC Baltimore, uh, that, that window. Yeah, okay. Mid-Atlantic.
0: You, uh, where are you? i'm also in the middle language region but i get into new york a lot so oh
1: yeah no because mm-hmm. you know, i used to i used to drive from
0: here to uh, to new york so i cross some of
1: you guys state when they call me oh, up, okay i have to drive to new york and i go through all those state up to baltimore all the way reach to
0: out to me york. man let's grab let's grab a drink man let's grab lunch <laughs> you
1: know, i mean and that's the thing man like eventually what i what i'm trying to do is i'm i'm, I'm pitching myself to these studios to do guest directing on tv series that way I can work with my buddies all over the United States. No That's matter cool. Are. Um, because I have a couple of friends. They do that. They'll do five episodes in one season, another one, and they do. You know, it. The,
2: the, there, there's a big film market starting in the Ohio-Pittsburgh uh, area, too. You might want to check that out. And they, they use a lot of guest directors on that. So I don't know if you're into, I mean, I know yeah. Paramount's big and starting to do a lot out that way. So I've worked on a couple of shows out there with them. And. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
1: mean, my my thing is eventually is I want to go to you know work anywhere, and everywhere. That way I can connect everyone that I've yeah you know, that, that that I've been in contact with on this road. Mm-hmm. And and like I said once again, it's just because I feel like you know I I feel the the fight and and for the little guys, the little guys that always get back. yeah.
2: And you have to give back because as I said, there's a lot of people who just don't get the opportunities. I mean, there's great actors out there, and it's like I feel bad because they go out for these parts and it's like they don't have the names to get the parts.
1: Well, you know, and and that's one of the, another reason why, you know, I explained to my wife, who's really my boss, you know, she's my producer, but like a lot of times you can be, you can have skills, but sometimes they don't always let you in play mm-hmm. the game. So you got to be like your Robert robber. Yep. You got to create your own game. And that's what I learned. Right. And I learned from these guys that, hey, if you want something, you got to go out and create it. You know, I had, I had quite a few conversations with the man, James Cameron, when I was on the Lethal Battle Angels oh, man,
2: But well he he was kind of the same thing too because he worked in B movies and then worked his way up. I mean that's you know he's I I I would tell you go get a camera and shoot something and call yourself
1: a director. So like I have a lot of these guys that that I that I look up to and I see some of their formulas and what they preach. And so I follow that and and, you know do what you know what we can do, but because we're one stop shop, that's how we're able to do this, you know, at the end of the day is that, you know, we I grab my friends, I grab my friends who are doing stunts and we do stuff. Now yeah. I'm getting into color grading, I'm getting into other stuff. So just just a one-stop shop to where the independent world is gonna be here to stay because because of people like Fimhub, because of people like-
2: Ind- Yeah, then and also I think that everything is getting too overpriced. I mean, because when you start to spend like, I mean, granted Avatar made money, but they had to make so much money just to make a profit. You know what I mean? If if you had like a film that was a hundred thousand dollars and you could pull in a million dollars, that's. I think that was more of. Well, I think it's
0: cool, Sam, that you worked with James Cameron and you're also producing your own projects. You you know the the difference. <laughs> I'll I'll be you, I I don't want his shoes, man. I don't. Really, <laughs> I, listen, I
1: get it. I think those guys have big pressures and big numbers. Yep. And what they tell you now in the business is there's no more middle budget film. If you're making a movie that's 25 million to 40 and 50 million dollars, you're looking to lose because number one, there's no more theaters, you're not gonna get that money back. Anyone would tell you if you make a movie that's seven million dollars or less, you'll have a chance to make that back for the studio. Unless you do a hundred million dollar, you know, what right? what saying, a Marvel movie or DC movie. But mm-hmm. other than that, look. I went on Alita. The budget was 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 170. They probably put like another 70 in for
3: promotions. That's marketing.
1: They made 400 million, And they ain't made a they they haven't made a sequel.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: They made money, right? And so and that's the thing is that even the new the new wave now, you know, they, they look at that. So because of the content that's needed for all these streaming platforms fighting for content, this is the time now where you can grab three or four of your buddies. So go make a horror film because at the end of this year we're making a horror film.
0: <laughs> that's and, what Dan 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 did an amazing horror film. You could check out the comedy of horrors volume one. But that's the thing, man. Like to me, check it's it good, out.
1: You know, yeah. You send me the link, guys, because like I love. To yes. With people that phenomenal to film operate. that Dan
0: did. Yeah, you got to check it out, Sam. We you sure. shoot it on.
4: Um, I think most we had a red. Um, nice. We had a red for the first one, The Night Watchman, and we had a red for parts of the, um, so the, the, the Comedy of Horrors is an anthology. So a couple of them had the same camera, and then there was one, sh- one segment shot in, in Atlanta. I, I don't know what they used down there.
1: Okay, nice, man. No, that's great, man, because um, we, we, shot, we shot 22. Um, a lot of the dialogue scene was with the reds, but all the war stuff and everything else, all the boxing stuff was, was shot actually with a Z cam okay you know two z cams and yeah. we actually we actually will, will be able to color grade it uh, but now because i i own six black magic cameras i'm a poor man filmmakers i don't have any reds and so it's it's just all my black magic cameras that, that i'm using now uh for the film but yeah man like i, I really congratulate you and give, you know hats off to you because i feel like you know guys like us are going to keep our friends and our colleagues working and yes if there's anything right. that i can do to help you guys bro you know you you know you let me know man
0: we're know? happy to audition all of us yeah. <laughs> and i
1: can't take credit because it
4: wasn't it wasn't my project it was ken arnold's project and dan deluca's project and i'm the one that they brought along for the ride so i i was but, just there to to be part of the crew and, and 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 act and and just you know contribute to the to the to the soup you know
1: well, I think that's fine, brother. However however you contribute it, you contribute it. I, I don't find anyone too small or too big for any right. part in any project at all because it takes everything. And that's why I don't have a first AD. I don't have a second AD on my set. I make my own schedule. I get my own location. I, oh, make that's, own that's right. I do it because you know what? One thing I can't fucking stand is the first AD who yells at you.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you're going to hear this about me. If any AD ever yell at one of my crew person, that AD will get fired.
0: There you go. Because,
1: you know, they unhappy for whatever reason. Dude, I was on mile 22 and the dude was like, where the fuck is Modena? I literally was (laughs) like, I'm right here, dude. Like, I love this. I don't go anywhere. You don't have to yell. Yeah, chill I, out, right? <laughs> I find that most ADs are so upset with life. Like, they always, I don't like you know,
2: this. some directors are like that, too, because I work with Peter Weller. He made people cry because he just would be yelling at people I, would nonstop. I Peter Weller, the guy, he was great with can I say this, you guys bleep it out, okay? All right.
1: <laughs> 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 because I work with him, too. And I can concur with you. Oh,
0: really? You work very yep. well.
1: At- he, he's I,
2: intense.
1: Man, let me tell you something,
2: bro. <laughs> he just really is awful. He
1: don't know how to direct. I was yeah. on Game of Silence with him, right?
2: I was on Outsiders with him. So it's like a, he just would make people cry. I was like, man, you can't be doing that.
1: He, he, he's just mad because he never made a career after the Robocop. So Ooh. He and he takes that out on everybody. Wow. You know, he works
2: in, he, dude, did that? Yeah. The studio, you see, most people were happy to see him at first. And then he's then he started acting that way. They were all true like show. Yeah. Well, yep. to me. I couldn't
1: stand him when I saw him from the first. I did two episodes. I was just like, yo, this dude is on some other shit. Because here's the thing. The studio felt bad for him, so they feed him jobs, yeah. yeah. let him direct, you know, different TV's, uh-huh. right? But at the end of the day, he's not some prolific director. Let's be real, okay? No. You know, he, he, he's he's just another guy that gets the job done, but it wasn't like, listen, he came in and he started yelling.
2: He stopped. ow. Yeah, he, he didn't stop. He, he just he, went off. And I just said that one girl on set was going to cry. I was like, dude, you can't be doing that. It's like. You, you cannot,
1: you cannot do that to people. Al. Like, you know, I, you know, mm-hmm. like, you don't talk to people that way. He went off on set, dude. Like, literally, like, you know, go off on set. Like, yeah. You know, look, if you you you're gonna listen to me, you want a fucking you want a motherfucking eight hour day or a twelve hour day, you're gonna to have to listen to me. I asked for my mantra fifteen minutes ago and I don't I'm just sitting here like I'm saying, yo, listen, bro. Yeah. You 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 might be Robocop 1984. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't no cop right now, bro. You know, chill out. And I find that yeah. you don't have to strut your power that way to show that you know what you're doing.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it. like, if somebody's like, I mean, if you're filming something, you just take somebody aside, and say, "Hey, uh, could you do it a different way?" and and they're more responsive to that than just like flat flat out yelling at him.
0: He's just insecure, man. He didn't. He, he is didn't know what it is? Well, We we do uh, we do have to wrap up tonight's show. Uh, hey, listen, so we, we I would tell that I, to him. I would
1: say that to him in his face. It's okay, guys. Sam, <laughs> we take, thank you I'll so take much, you my up, man.
0: Now. Sam, we appreciate it. As we're sadly running out of time, um, check out. 22, The Unforgotten Soldier on Tubi TV. Sam, one more promo for old time's sake. Let us know who you are. Plug for uh, 22 and let us know you're on Below the Belt Show.
1: Hey, I'm Sam Medina. Thank you for having me. Below the Belt Show. Thank you so much, guys, for the support. Always, you can watch 22, The Unforgotten Soldier right now on 2B. Or if you want an HD or you want your own copy, you can go to Amazon Prime Video and order that from there. And give the shout out to these guys who's always been in my corner, below the belt show, who's always helped me supporting everything that I do, guys. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Sam, thanks so much, man. Have a great night. Best of luck on your project tomorrow.
3: Thank you, man. See you guys soon.